and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 171 with Timo Ahopelto of the Human Charger. So thanks for listening in. The Human Charger is an amazing device that recently on a trip where I took, uh, I crossed seven time zones basically, and it was in five European countries in one week and then came back and went back the other way three time zones to Canada. I had zero effects of jet lag after using this device. So you'll hear more about it, but uh, it's an absolute game changer if you are a regular traveler around the world. So I've got some links I want to share with you today. Uh, the first one is a TED Talk, actually. And I, I recently subscribed to the TED Hour, uh, which is a great podcast that NPR puts out. And they basically take several TED Talks around a theme and then adapt them for radio. Uh, and this one is called uh, Are Droids Taking Our Jobs by Andrew McAfee. And he's done two TED Talks, actually. But this one was really great. And it's very less doing because one of the things that he talks about is how some people are scared basically about robots taking over our jobs and putting people out of work. And the way he sort of frames it is that it's amazing that there are these devices and these robots really that can do jobs that we don't need to do, which means that we can then focus our efforts elsewhere and come up with the next great idea, the next great thing. It's very in thinking in line with the 95.5 thing that I often talk about with less doing how there's 5% that only you can do and do better than anybody else. And it's that 95% that you don't need to be doing that should be done by other people or other things. So it's a really great TED talk and uh, it's, it's a, it's a shorter one. It's 14 minutes. So I would recommend you listen to it. The next one is a service called properly and it's uh, one of a few services that help make Airbnb hosts lives easier. Basically they do cleaning key delivery. They'll change the linens. They'll even restock toilet paper and paper towel. They'll even leave a little gift for your guests as more and more people find that they're able to actually have a business where they own apartments or houses and they rent them out through Airbnb on a regular basis. It's a pretty amazing uh, world. And now there's all these services that can almost, well, not even almost, they actually can completely, completely automate the whole process. So you can basically have a real estate business with your own management company, you know, quote unquote, and all done through Airbnb. So properly looks really cool. This next one requires a little bit of explanation. It's fascinating to me. Basically, there's a company called Persistent Persistent Surveillance Systems. And I heard about this on, uh, I forgot which, which uh, podcast actually, but basically this was started as a technology in the, the war in Iraq. And what they were doing was they were taking a picture from the entire city of Fallujah um, and Sorry, this is not just Iraq, sorry, in the Middle East. So this is the, the city, the entire city of Fallujah, they were flying over with a plane and they would take a high definition picture from 15,000 feet of the entire city once every second. Now, it was high definition and high res, but even with high res cameras, that still doesn't provide you with an enormous amount of detail. But with one image, you got the entire city. And what they were using this for was every time there was an IED explosion, they would 
basically zero in on that spot. And then, and there, again, not much detail. They'd see like the flash essentially. And then they would go backwards second by second by second and try to figure out who planted that bomb. And then once they got to that point, then they could run it forward again and follow that person and see where they actually went. And it's very much like Minority Report if you think about it. It's crazy. So they adapted this technology to major cities in America. And they were using it to stop crime. And it was absolutely amazing what they were able to do because they could basically go backwards and forwards in time to identify where people came from that committed a crime and then where they went. And again, there was a big sort of uproar of privacy advocates against this, which I I don't agree with personally. And I'm sure I might get some, some tweets from people about this, but the abstract loss of privacy that you could maybe argue with this is no measure for the very concrete benefits that you get from this kind of thing. I mean, you're talking about stopping kidnappings, catching murderers, and there's not enough detail to see license plates or faces. Uh, You know, it's nothing like that, but you can just sort of follow the path. They've used this to identify drug cartels in Mexico City. Really amazing technology. And there's several cities in America that want to use it apparently, but they are not able to because they're being stopped by community boards. So they are running in a couple of pilot places, and I think it's an amazing thing. Um, now, the next service is called Helpa, everyone's little Helpa. And this is a uh, sort of a, a, it's very similar to Fetch, which I've recommended many times before, but Fetch is going through a sort of a retooling right now. And when it comes back, it is going to be the best thing out there. But in the meantime, check out Helpa. Uh, they'll, they'll purchase anything for you, basically, and uh, they can manage travel, they can do research. It's basically like a virtual assistant service, but there is more of a focus on purchasing. So that's Helpa. Now, if you have a website, there's a, there's a new service I found called Seaflow. And what it does is it just records videos of people using your site. And that sounds kind of funny to some people, but it's really useful to see that, you know, in your head, you might have come up with this really cool design for a website. And you've got these, these buttons and these uh, different, uh, you know, menus and whatnot. But then you see that somebody uses your site and they just, they're not navigating it properly. They get down, you know, one post and then they, they leave uh, or something is confusing or they hover over something that's not supposed to be, uh, you know, attracting them. So it's actually really useful to actually, to visually see how people are using your website and then you can make changes to really optimize it. Now, the next one is another text-based service. It's called Riley. And Riley is a, a virtual assistant text-based service to help you find a home. So basically, if you're, uh, you text the number and then you tell them what you're looking for. You know, you want a, a three-bedroom or a two-bedroom in this area. This is what you can pay. And, and uh, they'll actually find you listings. So this is kind of an interesting spin on the SMS assistant. Now, there was an, a, a cool article over at the Muse, and it was 20 super common email acronyms explained. So, you know, this, this goes way beyond like LOL and stuff like that. There's actually acronyms that are, that are really useful. So if, uh, for example, if you write uh, FYSA, that would be for your situational awareness, or uh, <laughs> RTFM would be read the friendly manual. I don't think friendly is really the word there. But there's uh, there's one, a couple of particular, for instance, like uh, NRN. This is probably the best one there is, which is no reply necessary. Now, if you write NRN, 
in a subject line or at the end of an email, you're making it very clear to somebody that you are not expecting a response back. They don't have to write back and say, okay, got it, any of that stuff. And there's a boomerang effect to email. So the more email you send, the more email you get. You're doing people a big favor by letting them, by saying NRN. So uh, another thing you can do in the subject line particularly is you can write EOM, which means end of message. So you can give them a one-liner in the subject line, and if you say EOM, then they don't even have to open it. They've, they've known. They know that. So uh, another one that I thought was actually pretty good was uh, TLTR, which is too long to read. So that's actually a way that you can, <laughs> if, you, if you want to write back to somebody and tell them that the email that they sent you or the information they sent you is too long, then that's basically asking them to summarize it. However, if you write TL semicolon dr that's too long didn't read so that's it's making more of a, a bold statement i would say um and then ooo is out of office wfh is working from home which is probably pretty similar um so these are just useful little acronyms that make it so that you can make more effective email communication there's 20 of them in here so i would go through them and check them out They're, they actually are really useful and then the last thing today i want to share is an article over at quartz it's called, I once tried to cheat sleep and for a year I succeeded. And basically this is a guy talking about polyphasic sleep. So if you're not familiar with polyphasic sleep, it's where you're sleeping in multiple periods throughout the day. So most people do monophasic sleep where you get in bed and you sleep for about eight hours. But it seems like after a lot of research, they found that the more natural pattern for most human beings was to sleep for three or four hours, wake up for a couple hours, and then go back to sleep for a couple hours, which is actually where the term beauty sleeps came from, believe it or not. But there are several other iterations of polyphasic sleep patterns. There's the uh, everyman, the dimaxian, and then there's the uberman. So the everyman is probably the most reasonable that's where you're doing a four and a half hour nap i believe it is and then every uh i think it's every six hours you take a 20 minute nap maybe the uberman is the most hardcore which is where you're taking a 20 minute nap every four hours so that's for a total of i think two hours of sleep and the dimaxian is a half hour nap every six hours so uh, this article follows a guy who did the uberman schedule actually which is similar to the every i'm sorry it's well yeah the uberman is uh no he did the everyman and uh he was able to successfully do that and you can do this, and there's actually not a lot, I don't think there's a lot of long-term research on the effects of this, but it, it after two or three weeks of adjusting, which apparently, I've never tried this, but apparently it's it's pretty hellish adjusting to this kind of a sleep pattern, but once you do it, it's supposed to be pretty amazing, and you really benefit from having all this extra time and, and whatnot. The problem with it, of course, is that the, the schedule for those naps has to be fairly rigid. So if you end up, uh, it, like he says, he, you know, he had to leave parties or decline social events sometimes because they would conflict with his nap schedule. Uh, so it's just something to consider. I think you're probably better off getting six hours of solid sleep and, you know, doing all sorts of sleep packs with your temperature in your room and darkness and uh, maybe earplugs and certain supplements that will help you sleep better uh, and, and really just banging out six hours rather than getting you know four or three and then napping throughout the day but that is my thought on it if you have tried polyphasic sleep i'd love to hear from you so uh, that's all we have for today and please enjoy the interview with timo and again if you travel you've got to get the human charger thanks for listening 
The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Timo Ahapelto, who is the founder of Valky and the maker of the Human Charger. So Timo, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, thanks. It's, um, it's a nice evening here in Finland, so we are like seven hours time difference. And in Finland, this time of the year, it's like 24-7, sun is up all the time. I was just going to say, you know, so I, I actually, the only time I ever experienced that was on my honeymoon in Iceland uh, and we were there wow. in, yeah. in July. Yeah, And 24 hour sun, uh, which is what there was at the time, is a very strange thing for somebody who's not experienced that before, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, and then, and what was more surprising to me, which I, you know, I didn't get to experience it, of course, but the, the, the pretty much almost like 24 hour darkness. So it, it's not a surprise that you would. I guess be the the behind creating something like the human charger. So uh, what I actually have to start off with is a very very big thank you to you because your team you know got in touch with me a couple months ago and they sent me a test device and I used it. I used the human charger, which we're going to explain to everybody about it, of course. But I used it on a European trip over you know seven time zones in the course of five days and had absolutely zero effects of jet lag. So I was blown away. So thank you for creating the device. Yeah, hey, thanks. So that was the same effect. I mean, when we started doing this in, in 2009, 2010, um, you know, first kind of angel investment round, we had a very kind of a prominent, also New York-based angel investor, uh, Esther Dyson. Many of you may know it. Yeah. You know, her job, you know, with the health investment and space and, and all that. And, uh, and, 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 and Esther kind of uh, fell in love with this human charger already then when we were actually not even studying jet lag by that time. Uh, because when she was getting to the Russian space station, you know, training to Moscow or to the places near Moscow and, and was, you know, there meeting local startups and really being trained as an astronaut or a cosmonaut to get up there to space station. You know, she was using human charger already then and, and I said that it's like zero 
jet lag and, and she got excited and she's right now a small supporter of us as well. So what, okay, so what gave you the idea originally though to, why well, no, I'm sorry, before that even, can you, for those who don't know, because I've already talked about it a couple times on the podcast, but can you just tell everyone what it is, what the device is? Yeah, so it's an kind of an iPod size device, uh, looks like an iPod actually, and um, it has two earplugs that you put in your ears, and uh, then you press one button, um, and it gives you a 12-minute uh, light shot or light dose via ear canals into your head. And it sounds like counterintuitive in a way that, you know, why you put light into your ears, because the light is supposed to work via the eyes. And yeah, it, it works by eyes. We know it well from science and, and from bright light research and, and so forth. But uh, there were two guys actually living here in a 24-7 darkness up north in Finland. And uh, another one was an engineer, um, Nokia, mobile phone engineer. And the other one was like physiology uh, researcher, you know, studying circadian rhythms and, and how humans and animals adapt to different circadian patterns. And... Uh, and then he discovered that actually our brain, and then the other guy, so the engineer was so depressed during the winter and was kind of thinking that, you know, hey, I need to illuminate my whole house. So my walls and, you know, put bright light lamps into every room and all that. And the, and the research guy was, was saying that, you know, you don't need to do that because you only need to get the light inside of your head. And that was like the big aha moment in a way that, you know, how to get the light inside of someone's head. Well, you know, people are really used to wearing all sorts of earplugs and, and ear canal. It's actually the right way. It's like, like a direct hole in your head inside of the place where you have all sorts of light sensing cells and proteins and, uh, and uh, the things that are getting illuminated if you are in a sunny day outside. So that was the kind of a start of it. And, um, and then the studies continued and, you know, the user base grew and people felt the refreshing effect of this like a 12 minute light dose that you have. So uh, now why, why 12 minutes? Yeah, so we actually have studied this quite a lot and, and we started from, you know, two minutes to six minutes to eight minutes to 12 minutes to 20 minutes and to even one hour or so. And um, like with any like treatment or like with anything that you have is that you need to have a certain amount for it to have efficacy for it to be efficacious, but you can't have too little because, you know, you need to have the amount to be to, to, to realize the results and 12 minutes is something that is very easy for people to take so 12 minutes you know in an airplane while you're trying you know flying over or, or 12 minutes during the breakfast if i'm flying to the us to help adapting to the local time zone it is something that i can take and, and it's a long enough time to provide to be you know effective well, and, and so the, the thing that I think that you guys have done too, which is just so, so elegant, it's honestly, I think it's the most elegant combination of an app and hardware I've seen yet, where you, the app will pull in your flight information from TripIt, or you can add yeah. it manually. Yeah, and then it tells you exactly when to use the device. So um, when I was on this trip to Europe, it, it had me do it for a couple a couple sessions before I left, and then three or four sessions on the plane, I remember. And then, there, I mean, it, 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 that in itself is great. It would pop up and say, human charger time, and then it's time to do it. Uh, because the truth is, is if, if you don't do it correctly, you could really mess up your schedule. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if, if you really think like, 
like the real the big picture i mean all life on on earth is you know in sync with the sun you know we are like everybody goes to bed and and wakes up in the morning whether you are a human animal or even a plant so the sun has and the light has kind of a super big impact to everything that is living on earth and right now when you are traveling i mean of course people are getting tired of travel and they have this travel tiredness but the jet lag is really about the abnormal light conditions and and with human charts are you able to adapt faster into these abnormal conditions and uh, and what we have kind of shown in a trial clinical trial is that you actually adapt in half of the time so if it typically takes like one day per time zone to adapt now it's like one day per two time zones so if i'm flying here from finland to the states it kind of takes me a week to adjust normally and with human charter it takes like two to three days and then that's the kind of a big benefit and it's all about giving the right light exposure at the light you know right times and and you, yeah you're right the app is trying to remind you about when you take the, the light and it's, it's super important that you take it in the right times we have a lot of people who have been, you know, testing themselves. Like if I take human charger in the morning, in the evening, in the midday, and, and they have been able to, or some of them have been able to totally control the way, you know, when they fall asleep and when they wake up. So they can even tell that if I take this human charger like a, one hour later, I wake up like one hour earlier type of a correlations when they have been experimenting themselves. Yeah. And, and, but so now the other thing that it was, I was trying to figure it out and I, I, I couldn't quite, and I feel like it's going to be like a silly answer or a silly question with a, with a simple answer, but it was hard for me to figure out why I was doing it at the certain times that I was doing it. Um, like there, like, uh, the, like on the way back, for instance, from, from Barcelona, it was a, it was a night flight and yet I had to do it four times on the flight at night, even though I arrived in the local time at like midnight. So yeah. what is that? I mean, cause it, wouldn't that light in that nighttime be telling me that it's morning or something like what, uh, is there a sort of a general idea there of when you do it and why? Yeah. So, so the, the, the easier case is, is when you're flying um, to East. So if I'm flying from, you know, Europe to the U S um, I should be taking it in the morning U uh, S time, which is typically, um, you know, the night flight when I'm flying there. So, I mean, if, if it's like, um, yeah, so that's how it works. So I should take it kind of a four times with the two hour intervals in, in the morning of the local time. So that's when I'm taking it. And, and, and then when I'm flying back, um, to when I'm flying back, I, I take it into evening and, and then it's based on, I mean, these are not the odd times. Um, if you look at the, uh, use of the conventional bright light, so conventional bright therapy lamp, bright light therapy lamp. It's the similar type of instruction. So it's based on the kind of a body of science that have developed the way how the human circuit and rhythms work, which is probably more complicated than I have time to explain this podcast. But there's a lot of evidence on, on, on that and, and a lot of studies and research on that. And, and um, what, what human charger is doing is that it's doing it more effectively and, and it would obviously be very difficult to carry a bright light lamp, you know, in your handbag and you would need to electricity to power it up and, and all that. So, so this is like a mini scale, mini scale sun or, or the kind of a sun in a miniature size 
that is putting you to the light exposure at the right times. So uh, if you're going to use it just for like a general seasonal effectiveness disorder, for example, when, when, yeah. when do you do it? When you wake up or? Yeah, that's right. So, so this is really important point. So, so, um, and then this gets back, I need to, I need to mention before answering to this is that the light uh, in general, it has a lot of effects on us. So it, it's kind of a pacing our days and nights. So it's for the, you know, the day and night rhythm, it's very important. And, uh, and then it also has a refreshing effect. So, so that's well known that, you know, and you know, if, if I'm a Finn and then I get to Southern countries, so a lot of Finns are traveling to Spain and, you know, Greece during the winter months. And immediately when you step out of the airplane, when it's dark here and it's warm and sunny there, you feel that, wow, you know, this is kind of where I want to be. Uh, the light has similar type of effect. And, uh, and, and that's why it can be used into many purposes. Jet lag is one uh, to sync you with the local time zone. And, and then where we actually started was the case that you referred to. So seasonal affective disorder, which is also called uh, winter blues. So many people know it by saying winter blues, which means that when the amount of light is, is getting less, um, people need to have an extra light to boost it, you know, back to the normal levels that you need uh, to sunlight for. And, uh, and, and then there is the origin of Valky or, or human charger, and, uh, and, and there, it depends on the individual. Some people benefit from the morning light dose and uh, about 30% of people benefit from the evening light dose. So if you are using this during the winter month, uh, months to cheer up, we always recommend that you start by taking one 12 minute uh, light shot during the morning after you wake up. And if that doesn't have any effect on you within the, you know, three to four days, then you change to evening dose, which is like uh, between 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 7 p.m., 9 p.m. Uh, and then for seasonal affective disorder or window blues, it's a one time per day use. And then for jet lag, um, as we discussed already, it's like four times two hour intervals. Gotcha. Yeah. And again, it's such a convenient and easy thing to use. Yeah, it is. And, and that's what a lot of people are saying. I mean, getting back to, you know, getting back to um, studies that have been done, if you compare to the traditional bright light therapy lamp, where you need to sit uh, next to the lamp for one hour, a uh, couple of times per day, it's very difficult for people to find that, you know, one hour to sit still in one place. And uh, kind of a nine out of 10 people actually stop using those lamps, even if they would benefit out of it, because it's so inconvenient. And, and then here with, uh, with human charger, I mean, people are saying literally, like I said, is that, you know, somebody's on a business trip needs to be more productive, taking the first dose, uh, over breakfast, you know, the next dose, you know, while commuting on a taxi, uh, the next time they use human charger is, you know, after the first meeting and, and then the next time is kind of a lunch or, you know, afternoon snack or coffee that they have. So in that way, it's kind of, you always have this like a 12 minutes that you can spare and you can be doing something else while you're taking or while you're using, using the device. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's brilliant. So, and what do you see as sort of, what are some next steps? Like, do you have a, a, a second generation device in mind already or what, what sort of, what's yeah. next? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like a super good question. So there are two ways, um, or the, or the two directions and, and the, Next, one direction is, is um, 
to study more areas where you can use this. I mean, you mentioned winter blues, you mentioned jet lag. Um, I mean, jet lag is the same phenomena or the same you know, reason why shift workers have a lot of difficulty falling asleep and kind of staying awake during the night shifts. So we have been already studying and, and, and people have been using this for shift work, uh, kind of a stress caused by that and abnormal like sleep conditions. Um, that's one area. Um, and the second area is the next generation devices, like you said, I mean, it's not going to come within the next 12 to 18 months uh, yet, but uh, we already have prototypes about the device uh, that you can plug into your smartphone and it works like, you know, the normal plugs that I'm wearing right now when giving this interview, we're having this chat. Uh, but it has the kind of a light guides inserted together with the audio so you could kind of uh, listen for music and at the same time it would give you uh, the needed light at the time when you kind of need it based on this schedule. So that's the that's the next level and um, the phone hardware needs to improve a little bit for that because they're quite uh, special uh, LEDs uh, that we have in these earplugs. So, but you know, looking at the specs of the upcoming mobiles, uh, it seems that within the you know next 12 to 18 months, we will be able to produce a one pair of uh, you know human chargers that you would just plug into your mobile. That would be really really cool. Um, okay, cool. So the 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 last question that I always like to ask on uh, these interviews. And you can interpret this however you like, but what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean... Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't want to brag, but people are saying that I'm... They, a lot of people consider that I'm really effective. And I've been every now, seen, you know, every now and then I kind of try to pause and think that, really think that, you know, how could I be more effective? Not in the traditional sense that, you know, I wouldn't want to be, you know, like this, like a super, you know, hero that gets everything done and gets, you know, extra 25% done more than anybody else, but more how to save more time for, you know, myself and for hobbies and family and, and all that, which is super important. And uh, if I would need to put down like a three things, um, the first one would be, which I think that a lot of people are applying, but you need to be really selective on what you do. And, uh, and, and it's, it's too easy for business people to fill in the calendars with all sorts of meetings and conferences and seminars and, you know, conference calls and, and, and whatever you have. Uh, I'm like super selective on, you know, any evening activity, any meeting I go, you know, any conference I go. I just kind of uh, have kind of uh, found that, you know, the focus of activities is super important. Then um, maybe the second one is that once you do something, you really need to do that one thing. And I know that there are people who can kind of uh, process things on parallel, but I tend to do myself in a way that I do one thing and I complete it from end to end. And, uh, and, and while I'm doing it, you know, I'm really doing that one thing and I'm really wanting to complete it. And, and, and then I'm moving to the next one, which is related to my kind of a third piece of advice which is basically that if you have a lot of unfinished things, you should somehow develop a routine where you can kind of block, block kind of everything else and the one thing that you are doing and not to be like worried about, you know, like the house burning somewhere else. Um, so you need to have like a thick nerves in the sense that, you know, even if there are like, you know, fires to catch here and there, and there's a lot of unfinished, you know, things to do, you just need to, you know, to do that one thing and then be like, <laughs> not to care too much about 
everything else that is happening if there's a crunch, you know, period or all that. It's it's like a great question. I think that everybody should kind of start or, or pause every now and then. I kind of think that, that am I doing the right thing or not? Well, thank you for, for sharing those. Those are great. Um, so, uh, Timo, I, we're going to have a link. Obviously, uh, we have a discount code that you guys provided us that's going to all be in the show notes for people. So, I, I highly, if you travel at all, I would recommend everyone check out the, the Human Charger. But uh, where can people find it? it, it just give the URL because we like to have people say it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really good. And, and I mean, we selected in a way that we are doing uh, our sales via Amazon. Uh, because it's like one or two day delivery in the major markets and uh, it's like a credible place where you can and many people are familiar without buying from there and and your discount code is is applicable there so um, that's like the easiest way probably to get one okay great so timo thank you so much and uh yeah and uh, thanks for your time yeah hey thanks thanks for your time and you know Let's hope for less jet lag for travelers. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.